Welcome to Turned Out a Punk. Um, yeah, this is not like the usual episodes. I, I fucking hate doing these episodes. Uh, this is goes out to my friend Riley Gale. For those of you who were fortunate enough to get a chance to meet him, you know that he wasn't just an unbelievable front person in Power Trip and all the other guest vocal spots that he's done and all the other projects he's done. He was also an unbelievably amazing person. Uh, I first met Riley, God, I first met Riley years ago when Fucked Up went to Texas and played some shows. He, he was just a kid of the shows, you know? He was like a, a friend uh, of, of a bunch of people that I was friends with, and yeah, I hung around Iron Age, and, you know, we just became friends off of that, you know? I, I'm trying to even remember the exact moment I remember meeting him properly, but it's almost just like I, I knew him. You know, I, I knew him when Power Trip started. It was this band started by a friend. Um, and, of course, that band would go on to become a legendary. They're a band that will be remembered forever. But this isn't about Power Trip. We all know how great Power Trip were. This is about Riley and and Riley as a person. He truly loved and supported his friends. He believed in the power of this music to affect change. And he was funny. He was so funny. Hanging out with him uh, was always just such a joy. I, I can I can really uh, relate to the tweet that um, Riley's good friend and my good friend, uh, Fast Ronald, RJ, put up the other day where he was like, Riley was going to be the first guest on my podcast, but we end up hanging out and just blazing instead and never recorded it. Cause going back and listening to these podcasts that I did with them, uh, there were so many more that we had planned to do. And every time we'd sit down and do them, we'd end up just hanging out and, and not recording a podcast. And, uh, I re- I regret you not being able to hear that now, uh, the conversations that we would have had, but at the same time, I'm really glad that I just had so many fun hangs with them where work and and podcasting and all that bullshit just became irrelevant. But uh, thankfully we did uh, record sometimes and uh, we have those now and you can hear them. Uh, the first episode is really old, you know, and we talk about um, Ryan Adams at a time when uh, we were both kind of oblivious to to what was going on with that person. Uh, Riley had a good bullshit detector though. Riley did not suffer fools and you kind of hear the, uh, oh, you listen to it, listen to it, but just know that this is, this is from a while ago when you do hear it. Um, and we believe victims, Riley believe victims, you know? Uh, also I kind of, I kind of got to say this, you know, you're seeing a lot of people right now you know, eulogizing and, and, and just sort of putting up their memories of Riley and just grieving. Uh, and amongst that, you also see just like a lot of people uh, also claiming Riley. And, and that's, that's, that happens. Riley was part of all of our lives. But don't get it twisted for one second. Riley never supported some diet fascist Fox News bullshit. 
I warned him to stay away from that dude. And, uh, cause I knew this would happen. This is what this guy does. But Riley's the dude that went to war with proud boys. You know, Riley's the dude that, that said, fuck you to these right wing bands, you know, Riley's that person. And just because Riley met with someone and, and humored them for a little bit, doesn't mean they were fucking friends. And this guy can think that they were friends, but trust me, we talked, we talked all about this shit. And, uh, you better believe, you better believe that if he was here right now, he would be calling that dude out. And I'm not going to say his name. I'm not going to give, if you don't know what I'm talking about, just (laughs) carry on celebrating Riley because this isn't about what I'm talking about. This isn't about me. This isn't about anything. This is about Riley. But I've had a couple people call me up and ask me like, oh shit. So, so Riley, uh, was sympathetic to, to these people's beliefs and these people's views, this, this sort of, uh, rise, re-rise of fascism. And no, not at all. Not at all. Riley thought that shit fucking sucked. And I'm not putting words into his mouth. You can read it, what he wrote, you know, but I'm telling you what he told me. And I'm, and I'm letting you know that this dude can right now try and use Riley's passing to somehow soften the edges of, of the shit he peddles. But Riley was never, never down with any of that bullshit. And Riley would be disgusted to see him do that. Uh, I should have just, I should have tried harder. Um, all right. So here's this first episode that I did with Riley. Uh, it took me a long time to record this with him. He and I were talking about it for, for like a literal year. He was one of the first people I ever asked to be on this podcast. But once again, every time we got together, we ended up just hanging out and having fun. So when we finally got to sit down and make this thing happen. It was just after Not Dead Yet. Uh, of course, Power Trip, huge supporters of that, you know, hardcore festival here in Toronto. That's the thing about Power Trip. Like, they are a hardcore band, punk band, that played incredible thrash metal music. The ideology of that band, the way they think, you'll hear this in this interview right now. They came from punk rock and they came from hardcore. Um, as mentioned previously, this is before, uh, any of the stuff had come out, um, from Mandy Moore about what she had been through or any of that stuff. So please bear that in mind. Um, um, so here it is. First one, I'm going to come back in between each of these and kind of explain and set it up a little bit. Uh, but rest in peace, Riley Gale. All right. This is finally happening, Riley. I know. We've like tried to make months, this happen. Months and I'd months. I'd say years. I think, I think about a year. Because I think when I first started doing this podcast, you were one of the first people that I talked yeah, about. Yeah, you had only had like one or two, three guests yeah. maybe. Yeah, and so now here we are a year later and it's finally <laughs> happening. I'm going to move And this. we tried to do it before the fest. Yep. We tried to do it to promote the fest. Yeah, we tried to we try to do the, it after it's all said and done. <laughs> now it's all said and done, and here we are. Yeah, so. Carlos' bedroom, just chilling. Yeah, 
It's been great. They have been excellent hosts. They are This was incredible. awesome. And I'm allergic to cats, and I thought it was going to kill me all week, but I've actually felt pretty good. Apparently, long-haired cats are not actually bad for allergies as bad as short hairs, right? I just, I just think, well, mostly it's just if it gets like rubbed in my face. Yeah. And I'll just get really watery, gross red eyes and... I, I got over like a day and I felt pretty good. Well, there you go. So now yeah. you now I'm you know. Just gonna tough it out. You can deal with cats. We've cured your allergies. Canada, right. Canada can cure allergies. <laughs> so Riley, now that we're uh, finally making this happen, I've wanted to do this for a long time, and uh, we are under the time crunch because I have to go and you have to go fly home. Oh, I don't and leave till like six forty though. I know. I got hours to kill. I know, but then you have, but you have to have lunch with Jonah. I gotta have lunch with Jonah. And he can talk. Yeah, true. You know, and I think I might say goodbye to Sandy before I leave too. So you got to, you so got some, you got to put in some gotta, time. Got to do a couple of things. And I don't want to take up all your time. You, no, you can't no, waste no, no. all your time with one member no, no, of no, fucked no. up. I'd rather, I'd rather spend my time with you. Oh, to be honest. Oh come on. Because I see, well, I see them more often than I see you. You know, it's weird. We hang out. You know, every now and again, I can get Sandy to come out. I can get Jonah to come out. Mike will at least like show up and say hi. Ben will too. I haven't seen Josh. Never see Josh in Toronto. No, Josh is on Calling you out, Josh. Josh, come hang out. You think he listens to this podcast? Doubt it. Yeah, yeah right, right, right. Well, by any chance. Uh, he doesn't listen to my podcast. Yeah, just tell him I called him out. I will. He needs to show up next time. Next time I see him. Yeah. Which yeah. might be a while. while. Yeah. It's amazing. Like, we don't, uh, when you have kids, it's like you live in this weird bubble of sure. kid stuff. Sure. Yeah. I, I, I can imagine how engrossing having a kid must be. And now you've got three. Well, have you ever seen, do you like Chris Elliott? At all? Do you know Chris Elliott? The the actor? The comedian? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. He, did this com- he did this comedy special. Cabin Boy. Yeah, okay. unbelievable movie. Great movie. He did this thing called Action Dad. Okay, where, I've heard of this. Where it's like he's a cop uh-huh. in one scene, and then it and it's like a hard-boiled like 80s cop drama. Right, right. And then he'll go home, and it becomes a sitcom as soon as he gets with his okay. Uh, family. Okay. And that's kind of what it's like being in a band and, uh, you know, obviously a far less extreme version and, and being a parent. Is yeah, like, yeah. You know, like I went out to the show and I'm like, man, this could be a pretty wild time if I stayed at a show. Right, you know? or, you know, you like, it, there's going to be a day where your kids see a video of their dad, like, you know, getting his yeah. head busted open and like body slamming himself into a bunch of people in the <laughs> yes. crowd, right? There'd be a lot so. of explaining to do at future yeah. points of my life. Mm-hmm. But that's like the there's way... There's far worse things that it could be. True. You know, I think. And I think I'm gonna have far more uh, terrible things to explain <laughs> to my kids. Uh, but this isn't about me, Riley. Right, it's you're about right, you. Right. Sorry, sorry. So I want to start it off the way they always start off, mm-hmm. which is, how'd you get in a punk? So I I was thinking about this before, and I I I think I traced it back pretty well. Uh, when that show, that Nickelodeon show, Pete and Pete came on. Okay. Do you remember that vaguely? I think people have brought it up on this it's a, it's show a, it was a, it was a it was a Nickelodeon show and Iggy Pop was uh uh one of the characters' dads. Not one of the main characters, it was uh it was uh I think her name was like Nona or okay. something, Nina. It was Michelle Trachtenberg and she was like Danny Tamborelli, Little Pete's best friend and, and Iggy Pop was her dad and my dad liked the show and then he made this cameo and my dad's like, Oh, that's Iggy Pop and this is like Really early in the '90s, I can't remember what year, but I was before I even really like listened to music, and yeah. I was like, "Oh well, who's Iggy Pop?" And then my dad tells me my dad's from Detroit, or like spent a lot of his like youth growing up in Detroit, and um, 
He went. And he would see MC Five. He he went to a bunch of like pretty infamous Stooges shows, including the last one. Wow. Uh, one of the ones I guess he like. I think it was like he filled up something and like threw his piss all over the crowd. There's a show like that too. So he went and saw them, but he was like a big Bowie head. He just kind of had his peripheral on that this like sort of like crazy rock and roll scene going on. Yeah. So he's like Iggy Pop, and then he tells me about that, and I remember. Like he, he, he had records. He he had a few. It was like pretty much all Bowie records, and then a few things sprinkled in, and like some good stuff too. Like I, he liked Al Green and the the Temptations, and like I love them. I still have his records yeah. in my collection to this day, and so like I love all that stuff. But that was probably like the first sort of like raw type of music that I heard. I know that he played him for me, and then I also had a friend whose older brother was into like. Metallica and Sepultura, and so that was sort of like where metal and punk, like he liked the Misfits and stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of my favorite things was he played Napalm Death for us, and I had no idea what it was. It just sounded like pure insanity to me, and it's one of those things where you come back like, like, you know, ten years later, and then you hear him, and you're like, "That's what I heard when I was a little kid." Yeah, I was like, "Wow, this came back." I think maybe like. I don't think it was Steve Blush, but somebody had a similar anecdote about getting like a, a an unwritten copy of like a cryptic slaughter tape. Yeah. And then they did, they just listened to it and didn't know who it was, and then like years down the line they figured it out, and I was like that was cool. So that was like another thing that helped. But then what really kind of set it off was I kind of just messed around with like, you know, the Beastie Boys and like uh, some like baseline stuff. Here and there, like even like three eleven, just guys who you would like get me into like the Ramones or something. You, you lump the Beastie Boys and three eleven well, in the well, same. Well, not into like real punk, but like that's the sort of stuff where you're like kind of seeing these guys wearing t-shirts, and I'm taking mental notes of What's like three eleven. Are those guys punk? Do they I I think they just sort of do by like way of like SoCal Long Beach kind okay. of stuff. No, I just I honestly because I think they were like one of those bands that I was I already like. Super my, obsessed with them. I was. I. I'm trying to think of a specific example, but really for a long time I didn't like. Did they like, invent the smoke buddy? Is that true? I don't know. Them? Is that the the thing that, that you, you blow use? through? Yeah, you blow through like the dry the mobile dryer yeah, sheet yeah, thing. Yeah yeah. yeah, yeah. I don't know. I don't know. I haven't heard that. I wasn't. I wasn't huge into them. I really liked their first record when I was a kid. Okay. I think that was like the first CD I ever bought with my own money. Yeah. Uh, but were you a weed smoker? At that point, not until pretty late in the game, till like sixteen. I guess you don't really. What did you see around? Uh, or no, or no, that... no. But I, what well, what it I think really set it off was, and I liked you know like it, I, knew, it, I knew what Blitzkrieg Bop was, and I knew what like a couple Sex Pistols yeah. songs and the Clash and stuff. Just like, but this is until I was like, I think thirteen or fourteen, and I met a cousin who was a couple years older than me, and he was like a. Southern California, like, um, extreme sports dude. Okay. So he liked strung out and no effects and stuff like that. And that was, like, probably, like, 98 or something. Yeah. And that's when I first started hearing this stuff. And I, like, basically got into it from there. That was where, like, I really... Uh, I, I definitely got into punk before I got into new metal. I got lucky by meeting him, I basically skipped over new metal. Yeah. I got very lucky in that regard. So that was cool. And uh, I missed that whole thing. And then it was kind of like, just kind of a downhill slide from I guess there. And it was just me eating up everything that was like, yeah, I'm fat and like epitaph and stuff. But I think the first 
punk show I ever went to was like a bad religion show. One that was like probably like actually felt like a punk show where I was like, whoa, there's a different vibe mm-hmm. than me seeing Weezer or whatever. And so, what was your first first show, Weezer? I uh, my very first show was in fifth grade. Yeah, it was Filter playing for that was my... and 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 it, this band called Pimpadelic opened up. It was right when Kid Rock broke out. Like okay. Bawa to Bawa had just came out, and it was like a big deal. <laughs> and I didn't even really know Filter, and I definitely didn't know Pimpadelic. They yeah. were like a local Dallas band, and they played at this place called the Bronco Bowl. And my friend's dad, who was a single dad. And was dating a girl. She, I guess, got tickets through work or something. I don't quite remember, but he takes us to the show. And mom, I'm sorry, you never heard this story before, but uh, he takes us to the show, and Pimpadelic is playing, and they basically have these two strippers come out and they start performing like basically lesbian sex and like <laughs> giving these guys sex. like jerking these dudes off through like sweatpants. <laughs> And they're doing, like, just bad, like, rap metal shit. And even then, I was, like, this... I didn't like the the music in my head, but, like, what was going on on stage was so insane. Yeah. And then I remember kind of just, like, looking over at, like, my friend's dad, and he just goes, don't tell your parents. Just don't <laughs> tell your parents. Just kind of whispering to me. And I was like, yes, thumbs up. I don't even think, like... Like, like lesbianism was a, co- a concept to me in fifth grade. Like, I think that was like, whoa. It opened up a whole... Very, very eye-opening. And But it made the girlfriend so uncomfortable that we left before Filter. Oh, so really? So I didn't get to see Filter. And, yeah, I think I saw, like, Weezer. Oh, Flavor. That sounds like it, a pretty... I would, I would it was, left before Filter. Yeah. I, you know, if... if, if I, I, I couldn't possibly tolerate that, like... Anytime no. now, but you know, when you're well, a fifth grader, you're just like feeling a funny tingling in your pants, yeah, just like, uh, <laughs> uh, this is cool, Kinda awesome, I yeah. Guess. Well, to my first show that I ever went to by myself, like without that parents, was the bad religion one I mentioned, that was the first one yeah. I ever really went to with like friends or whatever yeah. by myself, but my first one by myself was also filter. But I left after Die Cheerleader, who opened played okay. because I thought they were awesome. Yeah, I still kind of think they're awesome. See it. And I'm and I'm. I think I can thank Pimpadelic because maybe if I'd seen Filter, I might have turned out a wildly like you would different, been a goth. worse person. Well, yeah, goth maybe, and could could have come back around, and I'm like cool again if I still see it. Would have, but you, I would have been. It would have been. You would have been so cool right now. It'd have been a drastically different situation. But I think the first actual punk show I went to by myself was Bad Religion. Uh, Less Than Jake played, and Hot Water Music. And Hot Water Music blew me away. That was like a band that instantly became my favorite band for like years. Really? Because I had never heard anything that sort of aggressive. Like I had heard it in, you know, metal, like Slayer and stuff like that, but not in that sort of like sing-songy... That Leatherface, gruff Leatherface type of way. And they really kind of blew up a lot of like... uh, I got into a lot of that Gainesville scene that was going on. Like I, I liked As Friends Rust and like I loved As Friends yeah, Rust. They, they were, were great. Sick. They were great. I haven't heard them in years. By bet, it's like I members like of Hot Water Music, I, wasn't it? Like it was like maybe. some affiliation. And then who else was from there? That band with a um, a G. God, I liked them a lot too. I can't remember. Gudon? Gudon? No, it was something else. Uh, I can't remember. But I like I that like was Panthro United. They got me into like recover. Because, like, that was, like, I found out that, like, somebody, like, 
I think I got into like a, a punk chat room on like AOL or something, yeah. and like somebody was like, uh, "Oh, if you're from Texas and you like hot water music, check out this band Recover." And I was like, "Okay, this is cool. I like that too." And that kind of who's Recover? So, Recover was this band from Austin that kind of did like some of that like down tuny like yeah. punk rock stuff, but they had like some more like screamy vocal parts, and they kind of sort of got me into some like more like hardcore and metal because they sort of towed the line back then like I, I saw them once with like uh, like from autumn to ashes yeah, or something yeah, like yeah. that and that was like sort of another gateway into like it was just all that led up to that kind of like all these scenes could kind of merge together yeah. at certain like well they all come points. from like the same it's funny too because right. like you can kind of trace back a lot of these people like from autumn to ashes I forget like they were on the same label as, like, mm -hmm. some other band. You know, obviously there's always, well, like, these connections. That childhood friend I was talking about, like, his brother liked Hatebreed. And then yeah. I would see him in, like, a Misfit shirt. And I'd be like, okay, weird. Because at the time I didn't really like Hatebreed. I kind of associated it with, like, uh, like a not-so-cool side of metal. Yeah. and uh, Or even knew what, the like, them being a hardcore band was. And then... Uh, but I'd be like, oh, okay, this guy likes the Misfits. And then that made me realize that there's a much broader appeal. Yeah. But uh, another show I saw pretty closely after one you of those You didn't like Hatebreed was... immediately when you heard, did you hear about No, no, I, 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 I really didn't. But then as soon as I like started getting into hardcore and somebody was like, oh, Hatebreed is a, a hardcore band, I went back and then I was like, instantly. Yeah. But that was one of those things where I was so young where like with Napalm Death when I first heard it, I didn't like it because it was just too much for like my like 11 year old ears yeah. sort of yeah like I know what you're saying Metallica I could get behind because I could kind of sing it's like the first time I along heard with it I kind of liked Sepultura yeah you know he was just like the really like dirty like like Hesher older brother of like my friend that I was like running around playing guns with in the neighborhood and like imaginary games and shit yeah. and he'd be like you guys are dorks and like but he would be like smoking weed in his room and listening to cool records and and so I I I've lost touch with that you know the Jeff and and his brother Jake and I wish I could find them I've tried to track them down I don't know where they are or what's happening really? cuz I can't find them on social media They're I can't not on social media Yeah and my parents don't know them cuz they were friends they were like neighborhood friends yeah. and I'm just wondering what they like turned into yeah I wonder you know? because when I started getting into punk that was actually what separated me from him like he my friend we like grew apart when I started getting into more punk stuff like got into high school it's weird how you have those friends that like don't make the journey with you you know it's like yeah. it's like bye yeah. see ya and then I was lucky because I went to a all male Catholic high school yeah and I was one of like four guys in the whole school of like 2,000 kids that like genuinely got into like punk and like like independent stuff and then I had like friends I was lucky enough to have some friends that were into it but they obviously didn't like really like turn out to be lifers of any kind you know <laughs> one of them hit me up the other day and like sent me a picture of Ryan Adams in a power trip shirt which was pretty funny. And he had no idea he was a fan, but I guess he's a big fan of Ryan Adams. Well, especially right now, Ryan Adams is like talking about Very a guy hot. who's like having a second act. Yeah, yeah, right he's now. killing it. Well, I he, want to get to that Ryan Adams story. You want it's 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 quite a tale. <laughs> well, should we get there now? Or you, you want to do this because this could take a minute, and it's a good story. But I don't want to. Let I'll, I'll mention another really okay, another really foundational show for me that like really sealed the deal for me for punk was when. Um, like 
they did the like Rollins Band West Memphis three tour. Yeah. And uh, uh, and I love Black Flag, and I knew they were gonna play Black Flag songs or whatever. And I got there, and then they were there's like six or seven terrible opening acts. Everything from like weird math rock instrumental stuff to like another rap metal band called Zug Island that I think Zug Island that I think was maybe like a, a Juggalo band for a while. I don't know. Whoa! They were god awful, and I even knew that at like fifteen. And uh, so I wait, went, was I went it in, like just like a battle of the bands that like I, it was like it was at this place called uh, we, that tour didn't it was, come to Canada. It was, so. it was at this place called the Ridgely Theater. Yeah, and, Fort, and it was in Fort Worth, and Fort Worth just kind of has like a trashy scene. Okay, it's just filled with like trash bands. Yeah, and you know everyone likes Black Flag and essentially so yep. uh, I, I go into the bathroom right before they go on and Keith Morris is in there and I didn't know that they brought him out to do those songs but I knew who he was yeah. and like I nearly like shit a brick I thought it was the coolest thing in the world and he comes out and I thought he was better than Henry, and no disrespect to Henry, he was great too. Yeah, yeah. But just getting to see Yo, him you're like do a black their flag songs, man. I was like yeah. losing it. And so that was cool. That was like a big thing. But okay. How was Here's, that first interaction with Keith? It was great. I said hi to him and he was just like, Oh, hey. And and I was just I didn't know what to say. I was yeah. like kind of starstruck in that sense at that age. And it was just like such a crazy surprise. Because yeah. it was before like people like just ruined cool shit like that. It was totally, as far surprise. as I remember, yeah. kept under wraps or just not aware to me. But uh, my friend Jeff took me to that. He was a huge Black Flag Slayer fan. He had a big red Dodge Ram that we called the Slayer Mobile because that's like, and it all, pretty much all he would listen to. Was Slayer? Was Slayer. It was the Slayer Mobile. So who were like the local bands that you mentioned that one band, Recover? Was there any other local bands that you got? Well, I was in Dallas, but yeah, uh, uh, Recover was Austin, but I think, you know... How far is Dallas and Austin? Four I got hours? to see... Uh, three, four. Three, four. Hours. Yeah, but I got to see like um, like the Unit 21 guys were always doing stuff pretty early on. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think of like... the The Dallas scene has never really had like some standout punk bands to me really yeah, like I a, never I, saw any local Dallas band that like really like I loved that was pretty straightforward punk for a long time I'm trying to think of the first like one back in the day really red are they from Houston really red that I think they were Austin or Houston too I think they were Houston. and I liked DRI and I know they like half rep Houston yeah. half rep kind of Bay Area because yeah. I know they moved there pretty shortly after starting. But or whatever. Think, were there, there definitely must have been some Dallas the Huns. No, they are they from Houston um, or Austin uh, or Dallas? Sorry, God. Oh, there was um, like who's like the first wave? There was the Hellions. The Hellions. And that band was pretty cool. I saw them at this place, the Old Galaxy Club, and I forgot who they played with. Maybe it was like. Uh, I saw an Agnostic Front show there pretty when they were like still in their street punk phase. Oh, when they first came back, yeah, they're like food. on e e uh, Epitaph Dead Yuppies EP. That, you remember that thing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. that uh, that Giuliani "Fuck You" song, New York Police State. Oh yeah, that might be my fate. One of my favorite AF really? songs. Really, I, I, would put that I gotta up there. revisit it because it was like out of my political realm. Police for State, my... New York Police State. Okay, all right, Giuliani, that's all it was, you, right? Giuliani, fuck all right, you. yeah. It sounds like it's like. They had some United cool Blood stuff. Era. I liked it. I went and saw it, but then they were playing like a bunch of the like earlier shit that I didn't know. Yeah, and and it was cooler. Like I that helped too. And I think that show was with uh, 
TSOL maybe? Was that like a Halloween show? Oh, was, was that cool. maybe, was that, um, what was that tour called? Oh, because I think it came here too. Not Punkorama, but it had like some name. It was like a bunch of boy it, bands or was it just It was those something two? like that. No, no, there might have been one more. I, I don't, I, I, maybe I got to the show later. The only, thing I rem- the only thing I remember about the show is TSOL and, and, and AF. And AF, yeah. Well, that's still a sick bill. Yeah, I got to see some cool stuff at a young age that I that I think even now I would have like kind of appreciated. So yeah. that was that was nice, and I saw plenty of crap, but we don't need to like talk about that. Would you go to a lot of Epifat <laughs> stuff when it was? I, I did. I liked a lot of that. I I didn't. I I had like I liked a couple ska bands here and there. I liked some Catch Twenty Two. I liked some First Wave stuff, which was fine. I, first that Wave. Stu- that stuff still holds up. Yeah. But I like some like. I was never a huge Less Than Jake fan. A lot of my friends did. I like the Boss Tones. That was another one where, like, when the Boss <coughs> Tones sure. came out, I really, really <coughs> dug oh them. Or, or at least, like, when the impression that I get kind of, like, oh, that, came out on MTV. I thought that was, like, a re- I felt, like, a really cool sense I think of like pride you, for them when it hit, like, a, it was, like, a number one video yeah. for just, like, a couple weeks. I, I dug that. I think you're like me. You like gruff vocals. Yeah. I uh, think that's what really drew me yeah. to it. Because Hot Water Music was what I was, like... So yeah. fat. And I don't know, I love that the guy was like smoking cigarettes the whole time and then just like putting it in like his headstock while still like playing and singing. And I was like, yeah. cool. You know, like. Oh, that, that was, was the one thing I was like, was oh, that's so deal. lame. Oh, I thought it was awesome. That era. Oh, yeah. Like, oh, fuck this. Well, see, okay, so before I like got into hardcore and understood like straight edge hardcore, yeah. a guy at a punk show, I don't remember him, but he basically convinced me that straight edge was like a tool of the Christian church to like destroy <laughs> punk. And so I was like, fuck straight edge for a really long time, just like as like a dumbass teen. And then almost immediately when like I heard like Youth of Today or anything else. Far From Breaking. Far From Breaking was like one of the first like actual straight. I went through their last show in San Antonio and that was something else because I was never straight edge. But there was a long time in high school where I just didn't do anything. I probably didn't really... Like drink until sixteen, smoke weed until about the same age too. And yeah. And I was never really heavy into either. Well, I never was at all really, but I never like really partied until about like senior year. I was pretty low key for like a high school kid. I yeah. got into plenty of trouble, but it was like kind of like Other straight trouble. edge trouble. Yeah. I just didn't think it was. I was like, I don't need a label. That was my thing. Yeah. So I I don't know. That's that's basically what I got from there there, and then I just met people like uh you know when Iron Age started, I was obsessed. And well, you like Far From Breaking, right? I like Far like, From Breaking. And that's like what, tar- and, and, and Tarpy and Wade? Or? Uh, no, no, Wade was not no, in it. No, Wade was not in it. Um, God, uh, 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 Steve was in it. Oh, yeah. And then cool. Jason, who went on to play in Bitter End for a little yeah. while. And then uh, I'm missing somebody. But so were they were a San Antonio band, Far From Breaking? I think they repped... Or both, or they didn't. They basically got by in San Antonio, but they started in somewhere else. Maybe it was like I don't think it was Tyler, but they started in a small town. A small town, okay. Yeah, but they basically just rep San Antonio as the most relevant place. I I feel like for it, yeah. I guess it's like but, kind of a triangle in Texas, right? San Antonio, Austin, and, and Dallas or uh, Houston. Uh, uh, no, the that's more of a okay. It's so be a triangle then. Uh, uh, Dallas, Austin's about three and a half. Uh, Dallas, Houston's about four and a half, five, and then but Austin to Houston's like less than two, from what I understand. And then San Antonio's directly south of Austin, about an an hour. Okay. So it takes about five hours to get from Dallas to San Antonio. Okay. But I would go to a lot of early shows. There was 
the first Iron Age show was this like incredibly stacked bill with um, it was the last Desperate Measures show was the mm-hmm. Stiggy's War show, but it was um, Lights Out played, Our Turn played, Mental played, Dump Truck played, R and R played. Um, basically every like kind of cool band at that point in time, and yeah. then there was like a tour package from California, like Set Your Goals played or something like that. Yeah, but that show was awesome. And then I saw Iron Age, and and that from that moment I was like pretty much hooked. The Iron Age, like, did they change? Like, were the, like I'm trying to remember the bands before. Like, obviously, World Burns to Death, but like that vibe of hardcore was that them. Iron Age like Iron Age basically brought like a sense of New York hardcore to Texas, to Texas but yeah. Bitter End. They may have started anything? right there. Now, the guys in Bitter End were in, um, I think it was called Today We Prevail. Okay. And that was like proto-Bitter End, sort of, okay. in a sense. Not, but, uh, and Bitter End may have even started before Iron Age. It was very close together. Yeah. I remember but, Bitter End. But those two bands really got people to notice like New York hardcore pretty like in in Texas and like I all those guys have like a huge impact on like the music that I really got into over those years that like caused me to start Power Trip, you know. Yeah. That wanted me to do like a crossover style band, but I knew that I wanted to do something different from them. But I like those were like those those were my guys that kind of got me into that. They're like one of the best bands from that era. Like I look back on yeah. them and that and that's like yeah, they were pretty much consistently and I met, it was funny cuz I met Wade when he was playing in Desperate Measures, mm-hmm. and he was like, "Yo, you gotta check out my other band, my real band," and he gave yeah. me like the Dropout demo. Oh, the, the yeah. Dropout demo was great. I actually saw Dropout before I saw yeah, Iron, I think they Age. Iron I saw Age. it a very yeah. I saw them at a very very like a like a fall core a long time ago, which was a like a tech like a locals only sort of fest that they did in Houston. They still do it to this day, which is cool. Yeah, uh, this dude Will has been doing it for I guess. Yeah, this will be like the fifteenth year or something. Wow, that's awesome! It's great, and he's kind of expanded now. I think like this year, Foundation and All Out War and DRI are playing. So he started to outsource because it's hard to keep people interested now. The, um, I guess the scene's a little more jaded because everything was so fresh and so young for pretty much everybody yep. there. Yeah. Uh, like Texas was pretty late to getting a solid hardcore scene. There was guys in the '90s, obviously, but everything was like. If 100 people showed up to a show, that was some kind of amazing Well, that's what I was trying to think. Feat. Like, Texas, I guess, like, it's Timmy doing that yeah, fest, yeah. like, really opening and, it and, up. And just hearing about that, I didn't go the early years when it was prank, but yeah. that, like, hearing about people talking about it on message boards and stuff got me into so much well, music. Yeah, got me I, into paint box, made me, yeah. like, made me learn how to, like, really dig out some obscure stuff so when I couldn't afford... Right? It's Prank yeah. Fest right yeah. first, yeah, yeah, and then they changed it to... To Chaos, I think. Oh, was there a middle name? No, wasn't it at one point Ricky's Fest? Ricky Fest? Because it was like Ricky... What's her name? Ricky? I can't remember that last name. Now. Maybe that was even before, but no, I no, thought... No, no, Prank it, Fest I, I think predates that. Okay. If it was Prank Fest, it would be before that. I thought it switched straight from Prank to Chaos, so but I think maybe it, I'm wrong. I think like that definitely for us was like when we were first like able to go to Texas like uh-huh. on tour and like kind of like, even put like that there was like a like a a new punk scene like on the well, radar I mean, it was like of. a new punk yeah maybe, maybe like the World Burns to Death was already a pretty established band right and like there's definitely like other like, I heard them pretty early yeah on there's from, like from hearing other people and trying to seek out 
punk bands that were in Texas or whatever. Yeah, but I think at the same time, it just like for, for like uh, putting it on the circuit as being mm-hmm. like where you hit. I guess yeah. like maybe South by Southwest also. Oh, would uh, a big one was actually another lo- Spasm One Fifty One. Oh, Spasm One Fifty One. Of course, that was yeah. that was the one that really kind of made me realize there was a cool punk. Yeah, of course, band trying to I, that. But they, I discovered them like, I think like maybe because. I read about them playing their last show. Yeah. Or whatever. But I've gotten to see them. They've reunited. I've gotten to see them a couple of times and they're still Sick. great, you know? And what was cool is seeing these guys and like thinking they're so crazy and cool. And now they're like, you know, we're, we're acquainted. And like when I see them, like, you know, it's like a good hello. And it's cool to like stick around and now we're sort of friends or whatever. You get, you get yeah, on the fun. same level as your heroes. You've been peers with your heroes. Yeah, eventually. yeah, yeah. Which is like, you know, that's a big thrill. That's a trip. Um, Which is a good um, lead into the Ryan Adams thing. Well, you, you, I don't want you to go there right yet. We've got, got ways to I, go. I, I, Why it's do you fresh, want to tell the story It's fresh yet? on my mind. Okay, so you want to tell the story right and now? Well, we go, okay, well, you can tell the story now, and then we can, go, we can go back to other stuff. But there's also I, there's but, so I mean, many I, funny I, stories to go By that point, to. you know, it was like 2004, and I was just basically digesting everything. I had a pretty, like, wide sense. but So that's pretty much my story as far that's as how it. I got into things. So, the thing with Ryan Adams is our record dropped, and um, he found it somehow. I think he might be cool with Greg Anderson from Southern Lord. Or, yeah. So it got on his radar, and he was like tweeting to people how great it was and kind of dropping it in interviews. And then he came out to our show in LA with you guys. Yeah, yeah, and Terror. And, yeah, and Terror. And um, he came up and introduced and himself. Kids. What a crazy. Crazy tour, Crazy good tour, tour but uh, it was a lot of fun. It, it and was there fun. was more than a few celebrities. We met like Ryan came out that night, Jello came out the next night, and then like Fred Armisen was in Portland, and Danger and so Aaron, was, and Danger Aaron from Jackass. Yeah, so that was a that was a you guys bring them out. That was a very celebrity well, I think you know Ryan that was Adams most celebrity heavy tour. Now I'll take credit yeah, for Ryan, Ryan Adams. Fine. Like he was not coming to see us, but he and now the thing is, is I had <laughs> I had listened to him before and like i had ever heard of him and i didn't really like it you know i'm not a big springsteen fan in general so like it was kind of like springsteen light to me or whatever and then uh i checked it out when i heard he liked this to make sure i didn't miss anything from like a like a not well-rounded taste or whatever at the time yeah still didn't like it yeah he came out to show he's really nice he's like hey i'm ryan and and Hood, our merch guy. Let's preface this part of the story. You guys have like celebrities, and you guys don't always jive <laughs> or famous people. I, I guess what are, are you, you talking about the the Scion thing? The, the we, Scion thing. Yeah, like so many with, different. Well, stories. I didn't know that that was DJ Prince Paul. I know who he is, and like I have, I love <laughs> like a bunch of records no, he know, recorded, I but I had no clue. <laughs> my uh, my my friend Brian was like, "Dude, what the hell did you do?" And also Hood, too, especially. Okay, so Hood says, like, he's like, he's like, hey, I'm Ryan. He's like, yeah, I'm Ryan, too. We've met before. And Ryan Adams is like, no, we haven't. He's like, nah, man, I know you, dude. You know, (laughs) we've hung before. And he's like, maybe in another lifetime. And he's like, well, it's good to see you again. And he's like, yeah, all right. And so he buys, I think he buys a record. He buys two shirts. And he's like, I'm going to make my wife wear this shit. And I'm like. Cool, that's Mandy Moore, who was like probably my biggest like pop crush sort of as a as a as young a kid. kid. Yeah. I thought she was a babe. I still think she is. You're of the age, so I thought it was cool. Are they still married? 
They recently got divorced. Oh, wow. And uh, So she's listening. Uh, yeah, hey. Uh, <laughs> what's up? No. Uh, so, anyway, recently, we kind of talked to Ryan. He, want, he, like, hit us up and was like, record with me. And Blake, I guess, kind of likes his music, so he wanted to entertain it. And we were emailing back and forth. And he kind of had, like, a little egotistical attitude about it when we brought up that we want to bring Arthur as our producer. He's like, no, I'll do it. I'll make it the heaviest record. And Blake was kind of like, well, do you have anything like t- even kind of distorted or something that like could give us an idea that this would be the right place to go that you can make us sound like we want? And Because uh, we knew what we liked and we didn't know him that well. We just know he kind of liked like Slayer. That was about it. And like Corrosion of Conformity. Yeah. And... So that kind of you didn't like, know that he had a like, hand with the former roadie or the. No, he told he's told me now. Yeah, yeah. You know, he's kind of like filled in 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 the gaps, and so I realized he's got some pretty good taste. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, then, um, so that kind of like salted me, and that was probably a little over a year ago. And then I couldn't stop hearing about the 1989 album or whatever, so I put it on. I couldn't get through three songs, and uh, and then my friend from high school sent me that picture of Ryan in a shirt and he kind of had a dopey look on his face and I was kind of like you know what fuck this guy and I posted on my Instagram and I put a pretty mean caption there I may have referred to him as a a turd so big that no toilet could flush and and then uh, I uh, I thought I was behind the comfort of my Instagram it was private I mean, he doesn't follow me on that, and I didn't, like, put a silly hashtag or anything. It was pretty basic. Then a couple hours later, I get a screenshot of of it and a direct message from Ryan Adams, and he's like, hey, I don't know what I did to piss you off or if I don't fit a stereotype of your fan base, but, like, I love your band and I'll always be a fan, and I'm sorry if I did anything. And I I, I felt pretty terrible. Yeah. And Because I was like... I was conflicted because I was like, why should I feel bad for this like multi-millionaire guy? And then, because like, whatever, I never felt bad for a millionaire in my life, you know? And then I was like, but in principle, I should never hate on a fan of the band. And he obviously proved that we weren't, he just wasn't like wearing our shirts to be a cool guy. Yeah. And he really did like rep us a lot. And I've had plenty of people be like, wow, I think that's so cool. And so I hit him back and I was like, you know what, Ryan, you're right. I, I, I edited everything and... And, you know, like, I ate crow, and I was like, look, I'm really sorry. That's not cool. And, like, based on, like, like ethically, like, that doesn't stand by me. That was a dickhead thing to do. And I was like, you kind of said, said some things recently that, like, sort of upset me. He's like, well, let me, let me call you. So he calls me, and we talk for, like, 30 minutes. And he's talking about everything from, like, New York hardcore to, like, his divorce. And, like, and then he tells me he's going to this, this pinball expo on his way out to Kimmel. And he already has his shirt packed. And, um our shirt packed he's like maybe I'll wear it on TV and I was like oh that would be cool but in my mind I knew that they're pretty strict about what they let you wear on TV so I didn't think that he would be able to get away get away with this and uh, uh, I was like well I live in Chicago he didn't know and he's like well let's go get a beer and it ended up not happening because of course he's a pinball nerd and like 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 well, went to pinball. this expo and played pinball and I cool for him and then I know they filmed some of that stuff in advance but my dad had called me this was about a week, uh, uh, a week ago. Like I'm saying, like probably Monday about a week ago was when I 
posted this like Instagram photo or whatever. And I go to work on a Tuesday and I talk to him and everything. I found out on fr Friday, my dad was coming into town Monday for like one night. So I tell my dad this whole like story about this over dinner. And he doesn't really know who I, Ryan Adams is, but he thinks it's cool. Yeah. And then we're leaving and people start texting me screenshots of Ryan wearing this, this, uh, uh, the shirt, the power trip shirt on Kimmel, like backstage. I was like, okay, cool. And then like somebody sends me one where like Taylor Swift retweeted it. She has like sixty five million followers. Yeah. And I'm like if one percent of those people see that, and even check out the band, that's more people than people who actively listen to Power Trip right now. Like on planet Earth, I'm just like that's that's cool to me. And I th and it was just mild thing. But my dad's like, let's put it on Kimmel. Like just let's see, let's just see. And uh, he obviously thinks it's way cooler than I do. He's just proud. And then they we watched the last 30 crap minutes of Kimmel. And it, and, and it's like, it cuts to the shot that's like, up next, Ryan Adams. And he's sitting on this fake stoop and he waves and he's wearing the shirt. So my dad's like, oh no, like freaking out. And I text everyone in the band. I'm like, wow, I'm starting to get like, kind of like, this could be cool, I yeah. guess. And uh, and I really was thinking, I really wish I enjoyed your music more. I know he's a talented guy, whatever. And uh, But I was just like, I, I don't know. And I text everyone and tell them. And they cut back. And when they, he starts performing, he changed it into an agnostic front shirt. But there's like a two seconds where our shirt's on Kimmel. And like my dad thought that was the coolest thing in the world. <laughs> That's awesome. So I texted Ryan and I was like, thank you. Like, it was cool that we were on TV for like two seconds, whatever. Like... But I got to share that moment with my dad, and he, like, took that as, like, he was proud of that, and that's infinitely more important to me. So, like, yeah. Ryan is a good guy in my book. Like, yeah. I, 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 I clowned on him a little, and he was a really good sport about it, you know. And I had one qu unanswered question left of who snitched on me. I was like, who follows me Yeah, that was tight with Ryan? And this is the first time I'm going to call him out. So this is a podcast. I, I think I know podcast who we're going to call exclusive. out. Because I want to see you're going to call out. Okay. And his name begins with a D as well. D. D is it me? No, because no, I don't know. No. It's 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 it was Dimitri from Off. Oh. They're pals. And when uh, Ryan was talking to me on the phone, Ryan slipped and mentioned like I was talking to Dimitri about something, and then that clicked in my oh. head. Oh. That's who it was. Look at you. So. Perry Mason. Uh, I know. I, I did I did some detective sleuthing. Well, because that was like, I didn't know if he had some like celebrity power to just like get through private Instagrams or something. I was going to say, like. It, it was like blowing my mind. I mean, I, Taylor Swift. Like, I know he's, anything about me. I know he's around, um, you know, LA and stuff, but I didn't, couldn't possibly know who he knew that. I was yeah. gonna say I was gonna say, uh, try. He uh, got on my Instagram and talked shit to a bunch of people who were kind of clowning him. Got some pretty good burns in there. Uh, my favorite was a, a bald friend of mine said someone get him a comb and he was like, uh, uh, "Why is this bald bitch telling me to get a comb?" You know, Ryan's got some fire too. Yeah, he played a he punk game with Brian Walsby. He earned some points with me. He told me about that. Yeah. I, I gotta check it out. What was it called again? He told me the name. But I forgot. Uh, it is called the Patty Duke Syndrome. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. They have a split seven. It's good. It goes for a ton of money. Yeah, it's awesome. You like it? Okay. Yeah. Br uh, well, like, I didn't know what to expect. You, you know, know I know crazy? he's like a big DC. You gotta guy, listen like... to that Brian Walsby episode because okay. that band connects Ryan Adams to Ten Foot Pole. 
Boom. Oh, nice. Brian Walsby played in Scared Straight. He's the drummer of Scared Straight Whoa. with Scott Radinsky and Small whatever the world. other dudes from Temple Bowl were. Was Scott Radinsky the dude who was also in Pulley that was the major league pitcher? Right. Uh-huh. And it, was he pitcher for the Braves? I think he might have. I think he was a journey, a journeyman type. Pitcher. Yeah, I knew he wasn't ever really a big deal, but he. he had yeah, but like, he was like had a solid career. Yeah, and now solid he's a coach. Like, like three to five year career. Yeah, like he had like a good. I, I think it might be, he might in the majors, like, which is saying a lot. Yeah, exactly. So he was hard like to get one of those people that just, that was cool to me. I like polio and ten foot pole a lot, and I thought that was really cool because I'm I'm a baseball fan too. So there so. you go, Ryan Adams yeah. connected to ten foot pole. He's just connected to everybody. I feel like I found out a pretty funny connection this weekend. Uh, um, Mark Schubert is uh, bed buddies. Bed uh, Bedfellows, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't, I don't, I don't know. No, it's more the uh, the. Uh, I found that out from talking to Mark this weekend. Wow. So, yeah. yeah. There you go. It's like one of those things where uh, I have I I you know what? Well, I mean, when you think about it, now Power Trip's two degrees separated from Taylor Swift in a, in a manner. That's true. Yeah. And uh, you're also two degrees separated from Julian Casablanca because he tried to make out with me one time. <laughs> And we have made out before. And we have made out. And we can make out now <laughs> yeah. if we have to do it again. That'd be a good end of the episode. Just us. No, we're not ending the episode. Why do you keep getting it out of this episode? I'm not. I thought You're you like, wanted... And that's the end of no, this one. I thought, I thought you wanted me to like shorten this one up. No, let's no, keep we going. Can, we can, we can, Ask we can me something be... then. I have plenty of time. I'm not leaving for hours. <laughs> I just you. I don't want you to be late to your potential. No, I know. So let's anyway. Uh, let's, uh, so, so now that you've kind of like you know made up with Ryan Abs, do you think you're going to work with him? I'd be intrigued. I don't know about working with him. I would love to hang out with him. You know I, I was bummed we couldn't get that beer and kind of like chill out. And uh, I have a really great photo of my my friend. We were, I was kind of telling my friend what was going on, and he does a lot of art for us. And, and and he was like, "What if Ryan Adams just like like when you when when you show up, he just like kicks your ass or something That'd be like amazing. that, right?" And, uh, and Jack, and I was like, you. "I think I could take him," but. Uh, uh, well, maybe he's like Jack White. Uh, yeah, Jack White's Jack's ripped a shit. tough guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's maybe, it's uh, I don't. I, I. Well, I. I know he's a pretty small guy. I remember him maybe <laughs> being like shorter than me, which is saying something. And uh, so Chris Benoit was little. True. True. No, I know. I know. So it was a. Uh, uh, Spud Webb, one worst of my favorite possible, basketball players. Of worst all time. possible example of yeah, a, I know. a shorter person I can think of. <laughs> to be a model after, sure. <laughs> Not Spud Webb, of course. Uh, no, no, but Chris, yeah. Uh, but he drew a pretty great doodle of Ryan, like beating me up. <laughs> so awesome. I'll, I'll, I can send that so, to you. Yeah, so with. Uh, well, I was going to say, because, like, uh, do you think he did that Fall Out Boy hardcore record? As a demo, I never, I never asked. I know he recorded a Fall Out Boy record. I, I've wondered, and, and I know he's demo. done another, another, uh, done another, um, like hardcore band or something like that. But I didn't know. I, I really, to be honest, am not that familiar with his stuff. Now I know Chris Olshar, drummer. You know, obviously, is yep. he's. He actually likes some Ryan stuff, and and Blake likes some Ryan stuff. I think too, maybe even like maybe all of them do. And I'm just the odd man out, but right. like you and Hood, Ryan's taking a shine to me, and it's been nice. And well, Hood, I guarantee you, probably just hasn't heard any of his music. He just likes to kind of mess with celebrities. Yeah, he definitely does. He definitely does, and he's good at it. And the funny thing is, is they all they nope. take to him. Yeah. They like Hood, and that was what I kind of learned with this whole thing was. He was really nice about it, and I didn't, and, and you know, it, it's been a few days, but he's been texting me, like, cool stuff. Yeah. We'll talk about, like, leeway, or he'll tell me, like, a cool, like, 
cool story and and it's been nice i i i'd, I'd like to see him soon and, and see if we get you know like actually get along more in person because we really didn't get to hang out in la it was like a hey hey bought some stuff and then dipped like, yeah like i'd seen you the set i'd seen the set and the then show, left and yeah. i i don't know how much he gets uh gets recognized around like when he when i thought we were gonna meet up for a drink i worked it out with my friend that we could get like a table I didn't really tell any of my local friends so they would fucking show up and kind of like ruin well, the situation. Well, I think situation. now it's a different beast than when we went on probably, tour. Probably, probably. But I mean, he's he's been like, doesn't he have like a few like gold records and like a Grammy? He might have a Grammy. I don't know if he's. Gold uh, uh, I, I think Maybe, yeah. I think that That's album. Right. I think that album where he's like in front of like the American flag and he's it's got called, like his no, hands in his it's pocket. It's called Gold. It's called Gold. Okay, <laughs> all right. Then what it is? Maybe I thought that was gold. really popular. I thought that was a really <laughs> popular a, I, album. I think I, like it definitely was critically. And it's. It's got to be over ten years old, so maybe it has yeah, gone maybe, gold. Yeah, I, could be I don't know. I don't. I'm know. not like the biggest. I don't either. I just don't know that much it. about him. I just. I saw him one time live, and you know who he brought out? Elton fucking John. See, that's awesome when you have pool like that. Like it you can't insane. hate on that. It was insane. I said, I, I kind of like. They did Rocket Man like, together. No re- yeah, that's awesome. It I was. Mean, there's there's been many a, a Rocket Man sing along. It was in a club. And tiny dancer sing alongs in the in the Power Trip band. We yeah. love a, we love a good Elton John it, tune. It was in like a Lee's Palace, a tiny club here. That's cool. That's really cool. And when Ryan Adams sang backups for one of his songs. Oh, they performed together. Yeah, he did. Like it was like it was like, like uh, a, Elton John. A, it was like Ryan Adams set, and then he's like, "Ladies and gentlemen, I want to bring someone else special to the stage." Uh-huh. And this was on that America tour. Okay. And it was like this club, Lee's Palace, small club in Toronto. And he's like, uh, Elton John, Elton John, boom, walks in on stage. They do Rockin' Man. That's and pretty cool. something else. And they brought Ron Sexsmith, too. And he's like, and Ron Sexsmith. Wow. Ron Sexsmith is See, Canadian. I mean, he's yeah. not like, he's like, I, I, poor Ron Sexsmith. Like, why didn't Ryan Adams be like, ladies and gentlemen, Ron Sexsmith? And we were and like, then, oh, that's cool. And then Elton John. And then was like, yeah. Okay. And said it poor was like, guy. Yeah. And I'm like, oh. oh. You know, it's like, uh, okay. <laughs> okay. 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 And uh, this guy. Yeah. But yeah. anyway, I digress. Uh, I wanted to actually, one thing I definitely yeah, wanted to bring please. up before I do let you go is the concept of the Texas uh, handler. The person who Texas bands in this modern incarnation, post-Iron Age, all seem to have uh, a another... token roadie? A sixth man? Uh, yeah, I would say it's a sixth person in the band okay. who's, like, who's not actually... In the band, but is in the band. Right. Like, so, well, okay. There's no irony let's, to those let's Chase. Be, let's be clear. Chase invented it. Yeah. And then, and then, and then Hood learned everything that he But also Dirt Chase. for Vulgar Display, too. Oh, yeah, yeah. There's, there's, there's Jared. There's Dirt God. That's right. I forgot. I, yeah, it's, I think it's just this, this attitude of it being a collective, like, mindset and a collective attitude. And now, granted... Uh, my band is like five very different guys, but in my head, you know, Hood is just as much power trip because he's had our back since day one. Yeah. He's, he's, we've benefited each other greatly as like people. He's my brother and, uh, and it's just, he's always been there and he's more social than some of the guys in the band. Mm -hmm. And so he really helps out putting himself out there. And and repping the squad kind of and so in my mind it's always like, yeah he is the sixth member he's as much as a, a member as anybody else and then even Arthur I feel like we have like eight members now it's like I feel like Arthur's a member I feel like Sammy is a member now at Sammy this Reese. point 
No, uh, Bossa. Oh, Sammy Bossa. Yeah, exactly. yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I was gonna be like Sammy Reese. That's kind of cool. That's a that's an interesting loop. No, I love writer. Sammy. I love but, Sammy to death. So uh, I'm like, that's cool. That he's in he's in yeah. Power Trip now. That it that does see. I don't know. I feel like uh, I feel like there was like didn't Desperate Measures kind of have a guy that was always with them. Too. I feel like there's some bands uh, before that have yeah, kind maybe. of been that, but it has sort of become a Texan. I think the Texan t- staple. Yeah, there's always been bands that had those people. Like, there's always been dude, sure, like and even way back role. in the day. Yeah, that's what yeah. I mean. Like way back in the day, there's always been like you hear like, oh, that blow like mugger for Black Flag, uh-huh. even like full circle, right? But like, as far as like a person who will stand on stage a lot of time with the band too, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know, and like actually be like a visual member of the band. Be in photos, yeah. interviews, like, yeah. like it's like a, as much a part of the band uh-huh. as as the people in the band. Yeah, I try and get them in everything that we can. Yeah, like te- I find it's a, but it's a unique phenomenon to Texas. It's it's one of my favorite parts about it is how how cool everyone is. It's a very accepting and like tight knit scene in that respect. Yeah. Like, you know, we can play with glue or we can play with like a death metal band like Claire. Like, you know, it's it's so cool that. Everything isn't really that segregated it's in a Texas. Hard... And so that's like, I met Chase at a terror show. Yeah. He like, basically like, like saw, I saw, I, I, I supped him on his Far From Breaking shirt, not knowing that he like really like was super tight with them. Yeah. And then he kind of immediately took a shine to me. And I remember he like made me, he kept making me jump off of his back and stage dive. And I was just like clobbering people <laughs> Doing these like getting mad air on these stage dives, but that was the first time I met Chase. We've basically been friends ever since. But Chase has really made that the 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 kind of cool thing to do. Yeah, passed down to Hood and then like Dirt. Dirt. The thing is, is Dirt God doesn't listen to like punk or hardcore. Period. That's what makes him. <laughs> So outrageous. He's the ultimate member. He shows up and he's like, I literally don't give a fuck. And yeah. then, but, but, which at the same time makes him one of the most gnarly punk oh, people I know. One of the best hangs I've ever because had. Because the thing that makes these guys different too is that they're so gnarly and they'll, they'll just knock people out cold left and right. They're also three of the biggest bruisers I know. That's the thing. I think it also There's, they all have in common too. It's like, yeah, they're all, they're all like, like Hearts of Gold, though. Yeah, but like one punch people will do anything for you. But I've seen those Nicest three people. one time. M- more people than than like anyone I know. Well, on that note, let's leave it on there. Do you want to end it there? <laughs> I mean, that's where we good. end. It. Well, I want to have you back for I part mean, two, obviously, because we got more to do. But uh, you're if right. You have one more put like ending question. I don't I, know if I want to end it on that. <laughs> I, don't know. I feel bad. <laughs> We should end on. Uh, Give me like a. Do you do word association? Do you go that no, low? I don't good, do good, because that I hate that. I don't do any of those stuff. This okay, my whole, the whole gimmick me. of my show is you just talking about just your life. Talking about bullshit. But I'll have you back for part two because you skipped over so much shit to get the Ryan Adams story, which I got to yeah, admit is yeah. amazing. Okay, uh, I'm sorry. No, 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 no. no. We, we got to get. We'll get more. We'll talk about. You get the exclusive the, on that the, one. The photos with Jello and and all sorts of oh, other yeah. insanity that's all right, happened all right. over the past years. But Riley. The next one will not take two years to happen. We'll probably record it in, yeah. in uh, Austin in a couple weeks. Let's do that. Let's record part you, two. Uh, let's okay. Well, let's let's make sure, and I'll make like we'll make time, and we'll get Hood there it. for this one. I would love to ask you to to pick Hood's brain about how he got. That's into what the I mean. Park. Like you, me, and Hood. That's the interesting one. I think Hood's we'll do got that. A pretty interesting story. So let's this is that. just uh, part one. Part one for now. 
Great. Awesome, buddy. Well, thanks so much. Dude. Thanks, dude. Yes. That was a lot of fun. So then Riley and I had this plan. We're going to get together and record this episode with Hood, myself, and him. And we're going to sit down and just chat. It was going to be super fun. We're going to do it in person. You know, it'd be, it'd be like a, a fun party hang. Well, we got together a couple times. <laughs> And uh, we never recorded. We just hung out and had fun, but never recorded this episode. So they were on their first, I guess their first huge metal tour. Like, I think they had been on maybe some tours like that before. No, but nothing like this. This was like with Lamb of God and Anthrax. And so they were on this tour, and uh, I caught them on this tour. There's going to be two clips. Uh, First is when I'm trying to get them on the tour bus. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and then later on when I'm talking to him backstage. Uh, but here's Riley and Hood. And Riley and Hood's friendship and and I, I just, I loved hanging out with those two dudes. I really did. Uh, and I hope you get a sense of that right now. Hello. Yo. Hi. How you doing? Good. Oh, yeah, what are you saying? Hood, are you trying to sleep right now? <laughs> you gotta wake it up. You trying to sleep right now? Damien wants to talk to you. Should I put this on speakerphone? How should we do this? Yeah, maybe put it on speaker. Okay. Jump in. Yeah. Okay, let's see if it's loud enough. Damn. Yo, what up, buddy? N- nice. What's oh, up, dude? This is pretty loud. This is good. Can you guys hear me? Yeah, yeah perfect. Okay, I think I got. I think I'll be able to hear you guys once I put this through the audio program. So, Hood, Riley, you know, this took like this. You know, Riley, you and me last time we we're talking about how long that podcast took. It took like a year. This part two is almost taken like a year to happen. Did, no, wait, because we did it at not dead yet. So Oct- really. October. That's like we're like four months from there now. Oh uh, yeah, I guess that is true. It's like February now. Fuck, yeah. you're right. A half a year. Okay, so this is this is two years in the making. Two years in the making. Uh, (laughs) And it only took one speaker phone call. And it only took one speaker phone call. We could have made this happen. And the thing is, we've been face to face at least once since that meeting. But we were all just having too much fun and didn't (laughs) didn't do a podcast. (laughs) Yeah, that's true. Um. Well, uh, how's tour going? It's pretty good. Yeah, it's 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 a lot different from tours we're used to, but it's fun. I bet. I bet it's a uh, a, a departure, but in a good way, I imagine. It's like I, I explain to people, it's like uh, it's like having a job and uh, getting promoted, and you do less at your job, but with more hours, <laughs> and you're selling T-shirts. Yeah. <laughs> uh, what are the metalheads like that you have to deal with? Oh man. Hood gets it the worst because he's at merch table for far longer hours. Am I am I on record saying this? (laughs) Yeah, you are. (laughs) Oh, they're perfect then. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, uh, All right. Well, Hood, people. (laughs) Yeah, the Confederate flag guy. There's a guy with a Confederate flag, like a Pantera flag, last night that had like. Uh, Jeff Hanneman's signature on it, Dimebag's signature on it. He had had this, like, pristine Confederate flag that he would, like, fold up into, like, a plastic bag. Oh, my God. But then bring to shows and ask people to sign it. 
Uh, so a departure, weird. a departure from playing. Yeah, to say the least. To say the least. Well, on to more pleasant things. I guess, Hood, I want to have you on for, like, the whole deal and, and yeah. do the whole giant turned out a punk thing with you from start to finish, but I don't, I don't think we're going to have time to do it right now. Ooh. Own episode featuring Hood. Damn it. Yeah. Are, that makes a part three of this thing. There'll be a part three in the in the, in the future for this. This is kind of cool, though. <laughs> yeah, I know. That's the thing. It's like an epic. We're, we're going to make this like the, the greatest love story ever told is going to be <laughs> the the power trip turned out a punk saga. Right? Be, and it's like it's long enough to be one. Yeah, this will be the great expectations of podcasts. I went back and listened to the episode today, and you go in. How bad was it? It's awesome. You, you but you. Uh, oh no! Yeah, uh, no stone is left unturned. Oh yeah, good, good. I'm glad. I wanted to be thorough. <laughs> You're definitely thorough on it. You know? Well, Hood, I wanted to kind of get at him? you. Is this bad? Is this really gonna? Is this fucked? No wait. You came in just now, but now you're, it sounds like you're cutting out. You know what? This might not happen. No, wait. You're working now. Is it working now? Yeah, you're working okay now. Okay, okay so. Last I think my kids are coming upstairs, though, now. So, what oh, time are you guys yes. getting them? What, <laughs> what time are you guys Have getting them? Have them on. Should we try again tomorrow, Damien? Well, well uh, the problem is no, i got to put never. it up tomorrow. Did he mute us so none of his kids can hear our stories? Oh, yeah. No, can you hear me? Yo, kids. yo, yo. Can you guys hear me? Daddy. Cracking? No cracking? We're cracking. No, no, we're good sound-wise now. Okay, good, good. You got us? Yeah, I got you now. Are you in there, Hood? I'm kids. here. Testing, right. one, two. We tested. The way we promoted it, people are going to think you're going to have Scotty in there with you guys or something. <laughs> you should. You should. We should psych him out. I wish I had the power to get him on uh, your show, but you probably have more power than I do. I I don't. I, you know, you're the one on tour with him right now, but uh, Dude, but I, don't I beat care. him last night in a game of CeeLo. Yeah, Hood did take some of his money in CeeLo, so maybe we can just get him in a gambling hole so deep <laughs> yeah, that he has to do it. Yeah, yeah, that's what we'll do. Well, uh, I I want to thank you both for taking the time to make this happen today because this has been a long time kind of coming. We've been trying to do this for for a minute now. I know. It's well, a- I'm not the kid. I'm not the one with kids, Damien. <laughs> no, no, you're not. And let me tell you, it's a it's a it's a it's a rough go sometimes with kids. It's a, it's a hard go to make it work. Um, I'm kidding, buddy. Your hood, you might be the one with kids. Who knows, though, right? You could have a couple strays out there. No, probably not. Probably not. Probably not. Probably. You're protected. <laughs> we have low, we have low T. We both suffer from low T. Oh, really? So, well, yeah. So I think uh, I think I think I'm protected. Okay. In, I'm protected by the substances I've been taking for far too long. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, I I want to thank you for coming on, Hood. I want to do like a full episode with you. But Ooh. Riley and I, during the course of our episode, kept bringing you up, so felt that it was only right to bring you in as a cameo in this episode. Nice. I'm here. <laughs> um, so first of all, I guess, uh, having listened back to the episode, going pretty, you go in pretty good on uh, the Ryan Adams story. We talked about I had, that. I had to give you the exclusive. I had the exclusive. It's still the exclusive. It's, it's going to drop now, and people are going to be like, 
Wow, he kept that for a while under his hat. And he's, it's going to drop and Ryan's going to hate me again. But that's fine. <laughs> no, no, you you like you say he's cool in it. You're like he's a cool dude and and you and you uh you say that he was uh you know, kind of uh, showed himself to be pretty awesome to you in the end. So you you, you know. <laughs> Did you say you plead the fifth? Yeah. Hood pleads the fifth. But Hood, uh, Hood hasn't really met him though. But neither have I really. Well, very briefly. Hopefully we'll get to hang out more. Yeah, hopefully. Uh, hopefully this podcast does not seal that. <laughs> yeah, we'll see. Um, but how's this tour that you guys are on right now? This crazy metal tour. It's it's something, man. It's uh, it's been a lot of fun. It's just such a different world than what we're used to. Far and away, uh, so different. Uh, down to like the every time we have to like what we when we have to be there. But then, like, what, what we have to do once we get there, you know, like, some of these guys are no bullshit, which is really funny because we're all bullshit. So uh, it makes for some pretty interesting situations. It's funny because, like, you, you know, like, you th- you get times where you're like, oh, it's pro-core, it's pro-core. But at the end of the day, it's still hardcore and it's still punk. Well, I mean, these guys are, like, still, like, you know, you got these, like, production guys and these tech guys who are, like, you know, there's like a lot of stuff going on that I didn't even think about with some of these like big productions. Like, you know, there's a guy who just, you know, presses the guitar player's pedals behind the stage as opposed to the guitar player doing it himself. I didn't even think of that. And I was like, oh, okay. So that's what a guitar tech does. They don't just string a guitar. This guy's actually standing back there and like pressing this wah pedal or whatever, like mid song. And, but then at the same time, chain smoking and like, you know, doing drugs like backstage, <laughs> like these guys still know how to party. It's just like funny to see like this like big production go down that starts at like 8 a.m. Because like <coughs> they have a CO2 guy. Yeah, yeah. They got a guy who just sits there and just blasts. Cool. Shout out Mikey D's. Oh, yeah. Awesome. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to get to man the, the like smoke cannon thing at some point in this tour. I'm pretty excited about that. That's awesome. Well, that, that you're living the dream then. Smoke cannon operating. Yeah. Tour going on. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So if this fails, maybe I can get a job doing that. Yeah. Like, I'm, now that I'm thinking button. about my career, I'm like, I wonder what the qualifications are for that job. Because maybe I should be doing that. Uh, not much, it seems. <laughs> no. Do you have to know at a party? Yeah, essentially. Uh, it's been good. Our drummers have been getting roasted pretty hard. The first, one of our favorite stories is like the first day, uh, by the way, we have a villain drummer on this tour. It's Connor from DC. He plays in like Red Death and Protester and, uh, is in a bunch of like those newer, uh, DC bands that are actually pretty sweet. Yeah. But he's, uh, he's been killing it. But the first day we're doing like our first sound check and, uh, Connor's never done like a big boy sound check. So he's like hitting his snare, kind of kind of softly and it's day one and we haven't really met anybody and then you just hear one of the like road guys from Lamb of God just go quit hitting it with your purse hit it like you mean it and that was uh we we're like yeah yeah we're on a we're on a metal tour now like this is here we are <laughs> so that didn't take long at all um but he's been getting it uh his tour nickname is now Chico uh where uh, the tour man, the stage manager was trying to get his attention, and he's like, "What's that guy's name over there? Charlie, Carlos, Chico." And so me and Ols just looked at each other, and we we're like, "Yeah, it's Chico, definitely." 
and, and now it's been following him everywhere. Every show, there's been a Chico chant mid-set. And I don't even provoke it. People are just like, Chico! So it's like already stuck. It's a natural for a nickname. Well, that's the thing. Is like, it, it, I guess like when the when the shoe fits, wear it, right? Hood's been getting it the worst. Like, tell him about your night because he's out there in the trenches, like at the merch table for six hours a night. What's it like, Hood? Yeah. Oh man, I don't even know. I don't even know where to start. Really? Yeah, it, it's been pretty crazy. <laughs> Have you had like have you had any people offer you crazy things in exchange for merch instead of cash? Um no, not really. I've definitely I've definitely had like like weird like people stealing. Oh yeah. He had a girl pretend to fall and then like grabbed an LP and then ran <laughs> away with it. Like the old the old the old pretend to slip while stealing something maneuver. <laughs> Holy shit. Yeah, last, which is like a, a first yeah. ever. <laughs> last last seen in like a Looney Tunes cartoon, circa like sixty two or something. Like I could, I don't know. I didn't see it. I wasn't there. But um, a lot of people were probably, maybe, definitely racist. Yeah, yeah a lot of a lot yeah. of SS bolts. Yeah, a lot of bolts. That's kind of rough. And it's funny because they'll go up and buy Anthrax merch, and you're like, you guys do realize like over half of this band is Jewish, right? Like. Really missing the the irony on that one. It, it, it like makes me question like, are those like prison bolts or are those like <laughs> like from your trailer bolts? You know, yeah. Like, do you actually mean that, or did is, you just get put down in a gang to save your ass when you're doing time? There's yeah. a, it's 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 been something. There was um. Well, oh, a lot of people claiming to be like Randy's second cousin. Like people will say literally anything to get backstage or like into the show. Hey, man, I'm Randy's second cousin, but he's not answering his phone. Can you get him for me? Like, yeah, I'll, I'll get right on that. <laughs> I'm going to go bring him out for you to talk to him. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. One moment, so, sir. That's actually happened multiple times. The like we're re- distantly related line. And I was just like, I'm really surprised. Bootlegging, that's new. We haven't really seen, like, bootlegging in America. And there's definitely, like, a lot of bootlegging for these shows. It's really weird. We, like, told the tour managers about it. We're like, wait, there's guys bootlegging t-shirts outside the show. I don't know if you guys do anything about it. And they said no, because a lot of those bootleggers are actually really dangerous people. Like, they don't know anything about the music. They'll just look up concert calendars that are sold out and then, like, find some cheap piece of like web imagery for the tour and then print it on a shirt and sell it outside the show. But they sell, but they do sell. Yeah. Yeah. Well, especially like in Europe when we, we did a tour one time with the gallows and then another time we did it. I forget who else we did a tour with where there was, and there were like, yeah, tons of bootleggers out front and they're selling it for like, you know, way cheaper than the band selling it a lot of times. And it's ten bucks. They're selling it for ten. Yeah, which is like yeah. you know, bands are now what thirty dollars for a shirt. Big shows like that, I imagine. Or yeah, I think uh, that's what I think that's what Lamb charges. Something something like that. But it's like enough to where it's a bargain. And they're not just our shirts. Our logo will be on them. By we, the way, they're we, like tour shirts. We oh whoa. It, we still keep it pretty fair though, because we don't have to pay a whole production crew and 
all that. Yeah, we know. don't have to price match. So when some guy's outside trying to sell a shirt with my logo real tiny for like $10, I really don't care that much. Yeah. Yeah. That's cool that they don't make you price match, though. One that, one guy in New York thought I was like trying to cause a problem, and he like kind of charged me up. It was pretty uh, – uh, Christopher Hansel of the the most popular band in New York, Warthog. Uh, uh, he uh, was like, "Hey, you're selling that guy's T-shirts. You're in the, he's in that band." And big New York City dude is like, "You set me up, man. You set me up." And I'm just like, "Hey, hey, it's cool. Get like, make your money. I really don't give a flying fuck what's going on right now." But Chris kept trying to get me in trouble, being like, "He played in the band. He played in the band." This is messed up. <laughs> Well, that's the that's the problem when you're on these big rock store shows, still hanging out with the common folk. I know. Yeah. Go, uh, we try to go out there every night. I don't know. It's weird because you like want to just like sit these people down and be like, no, 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 no. I'm a nobody. Like, please, like you. Don't, I don't need to sign this. Like, you don't. Like, I'll take a picture. That's great. Like, but please, like, let's go have like a beer or like smoke yeah. a bowl or something like that. I don't like. Yeah, it's like it's like definitely weird. Like that they'll ask for an autograph before getting to know you or even know your name. Oh yeah, like your band. Like most of the people who are doing it are people who've never heard of us before, which is the whole point. You know, like that's the people that we want to play to on the tour. But it's just crazy when they immediately treat you like you're like on this level where they think you they put you just as high as a band like Anthrax or something like that, and you're not. You know. Well, it, it also, it's also weird because you're playing like a totally different. It's not like you're playing to hardcore kids now. You're playing to like metal kids. No, and, but it's and but rock but kids. kids have still come out, which has been really cool. There's been hardcore kids at every show and like punk kids at every show or somebody. Well, it's a cool bill. Who's known us? It's a good. It's like a solid enough bill. But like the fact that like you know, there's been a couple nights where like somebody's like yelling a song out and like request, and I can hear that. Like a huge crowd was like, "Oh, that's actually pretty cool." You Would know? you say that metal fans are more receptive? Like, I don't know, like, I just, because my experience opening for, like, big indie bands was not necessarily dealing with a lot of that. Oh, my God. And, yeah, they love it. They lo Like, we're doing very well in, in that department. I've noticed how bad I have to, like, how cheesy I have to make my stage banter. Yeah. I mean, I really got to crank it up a notch. And it's not hard to, like, be like, smoke fucking dope and, like, watch the crowd go nuts. Yeah. <laughs> Like, it's like yeah, how I've been like telling everybody. It's like if Riley comes out and he's like, "Hey, we're power trip from Texas," they all kind of just like fucking stare at you. But if you just go, "We're from Dallas, Texas, home of Dimebag Daryl," these kids just like flip it to a, another level. Also, I am high as hell, or something like yeah. that. Which I just heard you take a rip. That's nice. Good one. Always. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but. I, it's so. I mean, you. I you love this because I'm actually starting to feel like I feel like a pro wrestler sometimes. Like some nights, I actually feel like like a character on on like a stage. You know. Well, that's the thing. It's like it's totally different than I guess punk, right? Like where you have to like yeah strip all the character away. Yeah, yeah, and it's funny playing the off shows too because then we'll be like, uh, I'll be like. What's up, you motherfucker? Oh, wait, 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 yeah. wait, 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 wait. This is just another show. Hey, guys, what's up? We're, how's it going? Nice to come. Nice to see you for the 12th time. <laughs> Whatever. 
So I, I it's it's so. And then like that point, like at that point now, like all of those kids we're like friends with, you know. So it's like a room full of my <laughs> yeah, friends. Just, that's what I do love seeing our friends' reactions on that's, this tour coming out and being like, "That was awesome, but so weird." That's like the coolest, coolest part about hardcore tours. It's like you do a tour like that, and it's a room full of your friends, and you get to see your friends every city you go to. You can say weird, that's like the inside perk. jokes. Yeah, that's like the perks of like going on a hardcore tour as opposed to this is just like we get there and maybe know the 10 people that like we got to get in you know even if we're able to get somebody in that at that you know this is like almost corporate tour you know yeah well i guess this is this is that level right this is the yeah, biggest we, level you can be at for- we play tons of corporate corporate uh uh, uh venues and it'll be funny because i'll be like I'll be the crowd actually kind of gets this, but I'll be sarcastic. I remember the first night was like a American Eagle, like American Eagle Live or something like that. Pittsburgh and Pittsburgh, and I was just like, I was like, we all know the real reason we're here today that we should be thankful for American Eagle Outfitters. Like, yay! Where's my like free pair of cargo shorts and like Pearl Snap T-shirt? And everyone, like, you know, like, kind of actually thought it was funny. I was like, okay, I can roll with this. And, you know, but there's a, last night was like, they had like our name up. We were in Kansas City. It was like a place owned by Pepsi or something. This like insane, beautiful theater. What was it called? Like the Midland or something like that? Oh, uh, yeah, the Midland Theater. It was so old. And it was my favorite venue we played because the architecture is just like insane. It's beautiful. But it like, got bought out by a bank. So Pepsi. It's like- Pepsi and a bank. Yeah, yeah. Pepsi and a bank. So it's like Midland Theater by Pepsi by First American. Yeah. You know? It's weird. They don't make us do anything weird like that. It's just funny walking around and seeing, like, the the VIP Bud Light Corner thing. I don't know. Yeah. It's It's a lot different from the Acheron. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Which which I love. There's there's a, a place... There's a place in my heart for the Akron forever. And we're playing there in April. We're playing those Deathside shows. So we're going from playing with Lamb of God and Anthrax in like 2,000 cap venues to like playing with Deathside. Yeah. <laughs> it's just so cool. I don't, even, I, tell, I don't know what my life is anymore. Which is badass. <laughs> yeah. It's that rare moment where you get to walk that line. Yeah, we're walking that. I, I, I'm like, what crazy fence am I straddling? I'm like. I don't. I don't know. I love it. I like. It. I'm gonna. I'm gonna ride it. I'm gonna ride it as long as I can. That's for damn sure. Well, I don't want to keep you guys too much longer. Because I'm sure you got to finally get this posted. Got to finally what, post this thing. We're two hours behind. Three hours. Oh my god, behind. my Riley. I'm we so are, sorry. We're we hours you, behind now. But it's fine. Whoever employs you, I'm sorry. No one employs me. This is me okay. for myself. I don't. You have just a... have strict rules for yourself. I'm I just try and put this up with a with a timely kind of like yeah. Yeah. Keep it, keep it, keep it like for the people that want, you know, people, uh, ask for it to help get them to and from work. So I want to make sure that it's there for them. So I'm, I'm so, so glad we got to finish this. I know. But are, am I, am I holding to your word here now that Hood gets his own episode? Yeah. Oh, yeah. God. Yeah. We want to do it. Hood, yeah. Hood, uh, Hood's I'm... life story is one of the most intense life stories. Yeah, imaginable. You got to hear the story of where the nickname came from because that's a good, that's a great. Nickname. I don't even know that. That's a good one. Well, I'm teasing that right now, so you got to remember to ask where that name comes from. 
Just uh, have have your people get with my people, <laughs> and by that I mean just just text me. Yeah. Well, by the time if if it takes as long as it took this one to come together, it's going to be like six years from now by the time we're going to get around to doing this. Oh, but think of how many more good stories will be involved in that when you do. That's true. That's now, true. No, we'll get we'll get this one more in a timely manner. Well, if I'm allowed to leave the house to go any show, I'm going to try and go to those death side shows. Oh yeah, oh yeah. So we get some good shows. I think, I think we're going to come out to. Well, I want to come out to No Warning Toronto. Oh yeah, yeah. No Warning Toronto. I heard uh, Ben's being like a Lamb of God tour manager with yeah. the uh, guest list. So. Oh. Really? God, I'm calling you out, Ben Cook. He doesn't listen to this. <laughs> there's no way he listens to this. Actually, there's one episode of this that he'll listen to. It'll be this episode. The, oh, the, does he even get it from Peru or wherever the fuck he's at right now? No, he's in. Uh, isn't he in Rio? Rio, Rio. Oh, is he in Rio? Yeah, he's yeah. in Rio. That man's life, dude. I swear to God, he's got it. He's got it figured out. Uh, he's figured out this whole being in a band thing a little better than I have. <laughs> oh um, man. Uh, but anyway, guys, thank you so much for coming on this show. And Do we love you, Damien? Have a, thank a you. great rest of the tour. Love you guys, too. And uh, let's hang out and chat soon. Yeah, I will see you uh, real soon. All right. You and we're de- You can bet on that. We're going to do a part two, Riley, with you and a part one legit with you, Hood. Awesome. I'll just sit in on his and just talk way less. No, no, God, you can't be in that at all now. Okay. All right. All right. No. All right, <laughs> <laughs> all right guys. Okay, I love you, Damien. Uh, finally, uh, this um, this is a clip recorded when when Madison, my, my buddy from Fury, invited me down to Los Angeles to do a live Turn Out a Punk podcast thing for the Suburban Fight No Ring Wrestling thing that they were doing, and then I was going to do some uh, some announcing of wrestlers too at the event. Um, but then my mom passed away just before I was kind of, well, not just before, but closely before I was supposed to head down. So I actually canceled and said I couldn't do it. And then I think just in, in my grief, thinking it would be a good idea, decided, ah, oh, fuck it. Let's go to Los Angeles and do this thing. And I was in no shape. Oh my God! One day, hopefully, Madison will come on this show and we can discuss it because I was I was an emotional wreck that weekend. Um, uh, but I did, through the help of my friends, kind of get through it. You know, um, getting down there, hanging out with a bunch of people, and one of those people was Riley. And Riley really, um, I don't know, really reached out and really made a point during that time to kind of let me know that he was there if I need anyone. And I, I love him so much for doing that and doing this show. You'll hear him in a second. He came out to that live show and hung out with me and really helped me kind of keep it together as much as I did because I did not necessarily always keep it together, but it would have been way worse without him. I can guarantee you that. Uh, the night before, a big group of us, not a big group, but a group of us, got together and all hung out and that's one of my favorite memories of my life outside of family memories with no obviously my family but this this was family this is like the chosen side of my family and we all got together and we all hung out and then the next day we did this podcast i loved them so much i hope you uh 
you hear that, that there was like, you know, it was my little brother, you know, um, it was Oliver in Fucked Up's little brother. Like he's one of the only people that got along with every single member of Fucked Up. It's a very small list of people that's friends with every single member of our band. Um, so yeah. All right. I'm not going to, uh, I'm not going to, uh, ramble on anymore. Uh, check out this clip of Riley and I, uh, live in LA. So Riley, you got something to say now, buddy? Oh, oh. No, come on up, Riley, come on up. Hey, give it up for my buddy, Riley! Thank you for doing this. Wearing my favorite shirt. That you yeah, have. You brought him. You brought him up last night. So I did. I decided to wear it today. I was like actually thinking about them this morning in the shower. You're thinking about Jefferson <laughs> obscure, an obscure death rash band from Corpus Christi. That's in honestly. The shower. That's good. I swear to God, that's how I spend my mornings. I'm so pathetic. I like it. Yeah. Well, I mean, I chose to wear a period for you. Well, that's good. I know what. Maybe I was sending that psychic signal to you. You know what the irony is? What's the irony? This record sucks. Is that I've never heard yeah. that one. <laughs> it's a uh, signs of light. And oh, I, I really only like uh, the third record, Idolatry, or uh, second record. What, uh, what is that? The skulls? Yeah, that's the circle. So yeah, sick. yeah, that's their best one. That's, that's really the only so one sick. worth listening to. Okay. Mm-hmm. We'll let it your devastation. So Riley, you, my friend, are also a sound tracker of NXT. Yes. Yeah. How, are you a wrestling fan? We fell forward in that. I had an insane wrestling obsession before I was ever into punk, too, from about, like, fifth to, I'd say, about ninth grade. And then, basically, once kind of, like, WCW ended and then, like, the Raw era ended and Stone Cold kind of stepped out. Sort of when it was, like, kind of when Angle and Cena started coming in. That's where I sort of stopped caring. But, um, like, I've always kept, like, a peripheral eye on it. You know, I I know who most popular wrestlers are, and have gotten like I'll, I'll check in every now and again. But I'm currently uh, not an active wrestling fan. But like after all this talk, it just, hey, hold on, I, I, I was about to say, let's get him. Now, now hold on, that boo came from Brody, who I was actually about to say. One of the big reasons I was deciding to start getting back into it or start watching it again. Because of seeing how talented you are, you asshole. Uh, no. I, 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 I think. Yeah, yeah. Come on, bring one. Dude, I already broke a chair in my ass. You missed it. Take this one. Do what you gotta do. I'm gonna say that hurt worse than DJ Hyde's chair shot. Go on, sorry. No, I was just being honest. I, I don't actively watch it right now, but now, what, what else am I gonna do? So. Well, I'm, this is, I find this very intriguing because I know very well the time you're referring to. Um, it's got the cool down. That was the great cool down in wrestling after the, the boom period. Um, why did you leave? I just, I think I stopped. It was kind of like a, a weird, is it, I, I never really thought of it this way, but like kind of like a post 9-11 and then me being really into punk, sort of like kicking back about these super patriotic characters that they're kind of putting to the yeah. forefront. I think that's what I really stopped liking about it was was it just became really clean and really like boring. You know, I always liked the dirty 
bad boy, like bad wrestlers, like, you know, like Dion Stone Cold, like Raven, even though they're kind of shitty wrestlers, like the Headbangers. Okay, and, I was going to say, like, I thought you said Raven's a shitty wrestler. I was going to be like, no, he's sick. No, 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 he's, he's always been sick. But, you know, like, I, I just always gravitated towards, like, the misfit wrestlers yes. as opposed to anyone that was kind of a, a nice, clean, clean cut guy. What about the literal misfits wrestlers? Did you like watching them wrestle? No, did not like watching them wrestle. No, no, no. But you know what's funny is that I, the first time I really was in wrestling, which I just barely have a memory of, was I really liked the Texas Tornado. Yeah. And then yeah. he just he fucking killed himself, which was like, I, I just I didn't really grasp that that was like such a a thing then. You know, it was like really kind of heartbreaking for me. Because I liked him in The Ultimate Warrior. This is a good story that I don't think I've told you before. But when I was like four years old, do you remember when they came out with the plush, like you can wrestle with it? Wrestle Buddies. All the Wrestle Buddies. Yeah. So I got the Hulk Hogan one on Christmas and I was playing with it all morning and, and I started getting really sick. Like the, for some reason, over the course of the day, my parents had to take me to the hospital. And it turns out that I had gotten measles from like this sweatshop. Hulk Hogan toy, <laughs> like, like could have died if, if they didn't like take me to the hospital. And I was like, because I was like, yeah, like just just going in with this thing, and then and then and then I was like, oh, mom, I don't really feel well, just measles. You then, might you might have caught an infection if you had rubbed up against the real Hulk Hogan during the same period. That's, that's entirely true too. Yeah, I think that was. It was a very realistic experience. That is very, that's yeah, too real. Yeah. <laughs> too real. Was WCW going away like a factory? Because they call it the great turnoff, where like apparently like 10 million, is 10 million fans turned off and never turned back on? Yeah, I did really like both. So I, I watched everything on both sides. And, you know, that was my big, like if I did shitty in school, you couldn't watch wrestling. That was like my punishment. And that was me like tearing the wallpapers off the wall if I couldn't have wrestling so there was a time when I was like very rabid about it but so when WCW went away that like that dropped because I didn't I was too young to understand the concept that these wrestlers would float somewhere else likely right it was like they were all dead to me you know so I didn't know what what to do and then so that was yeah that was I guess I was a part of the the great turn off as you would call it so, which is what also what my girlfriend says every time we get into bed. Just opening up. Getting real. I saw a riff. I took it. <laughs> I don't know where to go from there. Um, so now you're in the business, kind of, because you soundtracked NXT. Yeah. You've got a few going with Brody King. Yeah. So, <laughs> where are you going to take your wrestling career from here? <laughs> um, uh, yeah, well, you know what's cool is Jericho's a fan. We got yeah, the, but dude, uh, this is the, the Loudwire thing. He, he was he was really nice. Uh, Before we go further, though, can I hit the audience to a little thing? If you didn't listen to the Riley episode, uh, Riley is the guy that just doesn't like older people in the music business. Sometimes that's not true <laughs> at all. I sometimes. love a lot of older guys. We just don't have time to put up with their bullshit. Yeah. Sometimes. So listen to the first podcast. I'm not going to bring up the poor bastard's name again. Jericho's a, a legit fan. He's, Jericho's. He, he's he was like, look, there's there's I won't name names, but there's one guy that just kind of seemed to. Pretend to be a fan of the band for like cool points. We don't have to go back into this poor guy. We don't have to go back into this poor guy. But I do want to hear about. But Jericho seemed to really be like, really, really like 
uh, uh, embracing the band and stuff. The first time I met him, he missed our set, and, and we were on this tour with Anthrax and Lamb of God, and, and but he was asking, well, what are your influences and stuff like that? And he's like, oh, I'll check you out. And then I think like a month later, he put us on like a Spotify playlist, and then and then uh, you know a few months down the road, it, he got selected for the NXT thing, and then I found out he was hosting the little award show that we did, and it was. It Wait, don't, no, no, don't gloss on that award show. Uh, well, yeah, okay, so I had a pretty... Here's what I was doing before, in case you thought I was just trying to make fun of Riley. I had a, I had a pretty funny moment where we were up on stage at a, a dress rehearsal for an award show that was pretty low budget, uh, <laughs> with Jericho hosting, and it was it was us doing a Motorhead cover with Jamie from Breeze. <laughs> And the only two people watching were Chris Jericho and a guy from Fear Factory. I think Dino or what? Dino, that's the guy's name. Yeah, yeah. So um, that was just really weird. And then they both clapped when we were done rehearsing the song. But what did you say when you got on stage that night, Riley? Oh, oh, I did say like like when we accepted the award. Yeah. Oh, I did say watch out, old timers. We're here. But that was just kind of like my way of. Saying, get the fuck out of the way, old metal bands. That <laughs> and I, and when Chris did when he got back on stage afterwards. I don't remember. Someone said he, he had some <laughs> kind of vote oh, for us. Uh, old guys, you better watch out, you other old guys. <laughs> yeah, well, I wasn't talking about him. I know. I mean, I know. That but, didn't come up the way I hope that story would come up. So, I I, I, but, hey, if this was a podcast that people weren't watching, I would just edit the whole story out. Thanks. <laughs> no, you're an amazing guest. I would edit you on a guest. <laughs> No, um, it's been a huge year, dude. It's been a huge year, and you're one of my favorite bands. You're lying. I swear to God, dude. And watching you go from this dude who I met years ago in Texas to, like, one of the most charismatic front people in hardcore. I'm saying it, my friend. Thank you. It's been a lot. It's been awesome. That means the the mustache. I learned learned, learned a lot from you watching you, man. You know? Oh, yeah. You can't hear yeah. the hug. You can't. I don't know why. I don't know the hugs out, Brody. Don't worry, dude. If you have some chapstick, we can do kind of like a, a live makeout thing if you want. Give me a super. Give me a super. Let's see if I can get this. Oh, no, you're like, I'll give you the super. He can't. He's, he's got, I've got baby lungs. <laughs> I shotgun it into my mouth. <laughs> Thank you, Damien. Thank you for having me. Thank you all. I'll bring this right back. I'll bring this right back. I'm never getting it back. Thank you, Riley! Well, that's it. I love you, Riley. I miss you. Rest in peace. Huge love, of course, going out to Nick and Blake and Chris and Chris. Um, or all sh- uh, yeah, I can't imagine what you guys are going through right now. Um, also Hood, Arthur, um, Sherwin, uh, Logan. Uh, God, I'm going to forget people. RJ, like I'm just going to chase. Uh, I'm going to... All, all the family in Texas. All the family in Texas. Uh, I'm really sorry that we're that you're going through this.
Okay. Love your friends. Hug your friends. Tell them that you love them. I'm so happy. I'm so happy that I tell my friends I love them. Because then they know. They know it's 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 something real, you know. Um, and just be here now. Live life. You know, as much as you can. He would be so happy looking down and seeing how many people have reached out and connected with one another. You know, he would be so happy at how many friends have texted each other saying, I love you. I, th- I, I believe that, you know, I know that. I know that from talking to him, that this, this was the most important shit to him. <sighs> Remember, as always, Black Lives Matter. The lives of indigenous people matter. Go out and get involved. Show up. Sign petitions. Be informed. Um, you stand up to this fucking fascism. He would want us all to do that. We know that, you know. And don't believe, don't believe the the on ramps that are trying to uh, convince you that he was like a guy that you know walked walked a line or something. He didn't. He walked the line between punk and metal, but he sure as hell did not walk that line. He knew which side he was on. Uh, go out there and make your own culture. It'll help you. It'll really help right now. Just just put yourself out there. Share yourself with your friends. Get them involved, you know. Just build in some way. Sign your organ donor cards. You know, because you're not going to need those organs by the time these people come calling for them. And uh, that's it. I love you all. Thank you for listening. Rest in peace, Riley.